Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Tonight being the first service of the new year, uh, it is appropriate and reasonable that we make sure that we pay attention to this, the first opportunity to come together as a family in worship. And it's also important that I take this opportunity as your pastor to bless you. So let me first here in this moment, this wave of offering to God with our hearts as you are worshiping to the Lord, let me use this moment first to bless you to pray and ask God for your increase this year in joy, for your increase this year in resources, for the blessing of the Lord to come upon you and your family, for God's grace to be seen in you and to be felt through you. May the witness of the Holy Spirit this year strengthen you so that those who see you see Christ. I pray that Almighty God would move through you in a new way, that he would increase his Holy Spirit's strength in you. I ask God to clear your mind in moments when he needs you to be focused on something that he wants to do through you. I pray that the resources that you need to capitalize on the opportunities that God has for you would be evident and abundant. I pray that people would witness the love of God through your life this year and that it would change them that there would be a voice in your spirit that would speak to you simple words. Be kind, be patient, be loving, be forgiving. These things will change the world and will change the people's hearts that you'll encounter this year. I pray that there would be an abundant peace not only in your heart, in your mind, in your home, but also with every step that you take, that people would feel a loving encouragement and a loving conviction as you sit with them and just listen to them. I pray that God would keep you this year from being offended by those who may not know him like you know him. To keep from being offended by those who may not trust him like you trust him. And that you would keep from being offended by those who need what you have so desperately. I pray that your children and your children's children would hear God on a new level. That all of the sudden they would find 
themselves surrounded by people who are encouraging them to walk in the way of the Lord. That the prayers that you have prayed in days gone by would still present themselves before you and before the throne of God as living words. That God, in his ability to not forget, in his ability to not let one word fall to the ground, that he would begin to fulfill the dreams in your life that you had seasons ago. Someone has been praying for you. It took so many things, so many decisions, so many moments of danger, so many moments of toil to present you with the opportunity that you have this year. Generations have given their lives, spent their time creating what you have received as a chance to let your light shine. I pray that you would feel that responsibility and that weight this year and that you would see the productivity that God would open up to you eyes to see how much you are impacting others around you. I pray that no demon, no devil, and no desire of the enemy would have any opportunity in your life this year. I pray that every wicked and evil force that stands against you and your family and God's will for your life would fall rootless and fruitless to the ground. That every curse that has been spoken over you, generational curses, people who have been unkind and people who have betrayed and people who have spoken words ill-conceived, those curses would have no power in your life. I rebuke them now in the name of Jesus. And I speak life and joy and peace and goodness to you. We believe in the blessings of the Lord. May you be blessed with every earthly favor and every spiritual strength in the name of Jesus. May he protect your reputation. May he lift you up above the shadows of those who would like to drag you down. May God's goodness be evident to you and through you in 2019. In the name of Jesus, man, be blessed. You are blessed. Tonight I want to tell you that it is our responsibility to listen to the word of the Lord this year. To not stray from the things that God has said. We recently in the Wednesday nights have been talking and teaching out of the book of James in chapter 1. Today I spent from about 8 o'clock this morning to about 5 o'clock this afternoon studying the word of God once again. And God spoke to me 
about a lot of things that we are doing this coming year and gave me a lot of great words and gave me some things that, that we need to impart, some discipleship responsibilities. We are in a moment, in a very special season that God is blessing. We don't have to, you know, try to get God to bless what we're doing. Right now, we are being offered by God an opportunity to participate in what he is already blessing. This is not something that we are hoping that God will help us do. We have found and we have attached ourselves to something God is doing, and that is blessed. He is raising up and strengthening the church. He is purifying and he's bringing our minds and our lives into a, into a holy moment. There's something spiritual going on that we cannot describe. Something that is yet unrevealed, but it's evident in my spirit and evident in the spirit that is speaking to the church. And we will endeavor this coming year to only speak those things which the Holy Spirit is saying to the church because the world is waxing worse and worse, only they don't know it. The devil will deceive this year everyone that he can. He will deceive them and try to make them believe that they are doing well and everything's okay with them spiritually because it, it's so wonderful with them financially. Everything is going so good in relationships. Everything else is going so well, so they must be okay and God must be happy. But we cannot allow any of those trappings to cause us to err from the Word of God. God has a very good year planned for His church. A year of strengthening. A year of, of increase. But it, it must come because we are committed to keeping His Word. I believe we're going to be blessed this year. Very blessed. In James... Continuing with the next verse in James, as we begin tonight, you're going, to, uh, you're going to find basically about three messages tonight once again, okay? And this is our first message tonight out of James chapter 1, verse 12. In James 1, verse 12, the Bible says, blessed is the man. During this year, we'll be, we will be doing a blessed is the man series. Right now, I'm not certain whether I'll just include men or uh, because it specifically speaks to man. Blessed is the man. There are 13 times the Word of God says, blessed is the man. 13 pointed moments that God told us that a man would be blessed if he would do this. This year, we're going to be meeting every quarter, a men's meeting, a women's meeting, and a couple's meeting. We're going to be doing it a little different this year. We're going to be pointing uh, very specifically to growth and individual growth and family growth and strength. And we're going to be polishing ourselves up and, 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 and shining ourselves up a little bit so that we can shine as a better light here to the world. We're going to be doing a few more Bible studies. One of the things we're going to be doing is a Blessed is the Man series. I was really wrestling today in prayer and seeking God as I was studying as to exactly how we can format 
these meetings because God is wanting us to invest. You know, God has so much planned for you, but what would you do? What would you do? What is your plan? What principles do you have in place? What would you do if you won the lottery? What would you do if your income uh, increased substantially this year? What would you do? Are you prepared for the blessings of the Lord? Are you watching over yourself to make sure that more things and better things and greater opportunities and more income and increase to make sure those things don't take you farther away from God? If the devil can't make you bad, he'll do his best to make you busy. And one of the ways that he makes people busy is he gives them a lot of things and a lot of stuff. You know, it's very important to realize that the tests that we faced in life are formidable, but they are the same test that we have seen throughout the Word of God. There is a valley test. There is a test that we go through when we are in a valley of life, when things are bad, when things are difficult. We go through a test, and many times people who have true faith in God will press through the valley, and they will do better even in the valley. They will come out of that valley stronger and better. It's just one of the principles is that when we are afflicted, whenever we are pressured, whenever we are, are, are put upon, we tend to increase under pressure. These light afflictions, which, is, which, which are but for a moment, they work for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. We tend to do that. We tend, as the Word of God says in Exodus 1.12, we mentioned it Sunday, that the more that the children of Israel were afflicted, the more they multiplied and grew. We understand that principle of exercise. We understand that, that when we push back against something, when we face resistance, we often dig deep and we do well. You know... The things that come against us, especially, you know, people who have a faith in God, when things come against us, we stand up, we press into God, and we go through it. The valley test is a formidable test, but it is perhaps the easiest test that we ever face. When things are going bad, when things are going tough, when things aren't going our way, we tend to do better. The fires of life tend to purify the precious metals. They burn up the wood, the hay, and the stubble, as the Bible says. They burn up the things of the world in our life. And they leave us with a purified life. When I am tried, as the scriptures say, I shall come forth as gold. Pressure and fire and heat. Those things tend to make us more pure, stronger, better. You know, it's like exercise for the Christian. The church always grows under persecution. Then, not only is that valley a test, but also the mountaintop is a test. And many times, this is where people lose it. The mountaintop test is a test that comes to us when everything is going well. You see, the children of Israel, under the pressures in the wilderness and under the pressures of having to depend on God every day, under the pressures of the heat and the dust and the cloud, under all the pressures of all the enemies in the wilderness, they did well. But Moses gave them a great admonition in the wilderness 
He said, listen, you're going to be going into a land of promise. He said, you've done well here. You did well under Pharaoh. The more that Pharaoh afflicted you, the more you multiplied and you grew. The more pressure he put on you, the better you did. You're a strong people. You're a stiff-necked people. You're a stubborn people. And you're not going to let problems get you down. You're going to do well. You're going to be strengthened in time of adversity. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. And, and you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. And count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And, and all of those words are for us, these light afflictions. But for a moment, they strengthen us. Moses said, you've done well. He said, but you're about to go into a new test. You're about to go into a land of milk and honey. You're about to go into a place to where you will live in houses that you did not have to build. You will eat from vineyards that you did not have to plant. You will have bread without scarceness. You will lack for nothing. He said, be very careful. Be very careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt and through a wilderness for 40 years and fed you every day and your feet did not swell and, and, and you did not lack bread and there was not a feeble one among you. But be careful because you're about to go into a place to where it's going to be so easy and so abundant that you're going to be tempted now to feel as though that you do not need God. Don't forget the Lord. As a pastor, over the last 40 years, I have seen more people lost to blessings than I have to pressure and problems. I have lost more church family, more willing workers, more team members and co-laborers, church members to blessings than to anything else. I've seen people slowly step out of service, step out of participation, Step out of even attending because they get so blessed. I have even had numerous occasions where people would get large settlements and I'd only see them one or two weeks after that and never see them again. After being in church for a decade, 15, 20 years, faithfully serving the Lord with nothing, only to find that the devil finally got him. Oh, he's not taking them to hell. He just pulled them out of the war. He just gave them something better to do. They can no longer, you know, they just no longer have time because they got stuff. Hello? From vacation homes to boats you know, just so much. This too 
is a temptation and a test. It's a mountaintop test. What do you do when everything's going well? You know, when you have endured under pressure and pressure's no longer there, as Moses told the children of Israel, that's when you have to really watch out. Because we feel like we don't need God sometimes. I know that many of you have passed that test. <laughs> Praise God. This year will be also some more tests. Encourage others around you to not forget God in the good days. He was there with them in the difficult days. Another test will be a test of waiting. You know, what you do while you wait can determine how long you wait. There is a test of waiting. The book of James chapter 12, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 12, says this to us. Blessed is the man who endures temptations. Temptations. You know what temptations are? They are tests and trials. Specifically, the temptations spoken of right here are the temptations we have just read about in the, in the previous 11 chapters, 11 verses rather. These first 11 verses which we have covered over the past two or three weeks, they speak to us about a temptation to not have faith, a temptation to not know what to do, a temptation to doubt or to be unstable, a temptation to, to, uh, to, to uh, waver and to stagger at the promise of God, a temptation to not trust God, a temptation. Blessed is the man who endures temptations. All the temptations, y'all remember a, a couple of weeks ago, you laughed at me while I staggered up here like a drunk man on the stage talking about, you know, um, let not that man, let not that uh, the, the man who is hesitating is doubting. The man that's saying, well, I think I'll do this for God. Well, I, maybe I won't. Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord for he is unstable in all of his ways. This temptation to not trust God, but to trust your own feelings, your emotions. Blessed is the man who endures. The Greek word, therefore, endure, is one of the Greek words we also translate patience. We've talked about it before. But let patience have her perfect work. Do you remember? We talked about it up, up just a little earlier in this very chapter. Count it all joy, my brother, when you fall into various trials, tests, temptations, testing, you know. For the trying of your faith works patience, but let patience have her perfect work. The trying of your faith will work in you a persistence. That's what that word means. It's more than just putting up with. It doesn't, you know, it, it, it doesn't mean that I just put up with all the bad stuff. It literally means that I press through all of the difficult stuff. I am pressing through. I'm persistent. And persistence will have its perfect work. That's what he said earlier in this chapter. And now he's saying the same thing, only it's not translated patience, but it's the same Greek word. It's translated endure. Blessed is the man who is persistent and persistently resist the temptations to not trust God. For when he is approved... The King James says, when he is tried. Well, to understand what this word approved means, this concept of being tried, for when he is tried, you kind of think about, well, whenever you're tested, 
Well, that's, that's what it means, but it's a specific account of testing. It's, 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 it's specific. You see, back in, 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 in this day, it was very well understood what this concept of approved meant. It's a, it's a money exchange concept. Money in that day and in this day was made out of precious metal. And the precious metal that money was made out of was metal that could be cast easily. It was a softer metal, okay? It's a little soft. It could be cast easily and stamped, okay? And it was valued according to the weight of the coin. The coin had a certain weight, and it was stamped out of precious metal, and the coin was worth what the metal was worth. Does that make sense? Okay. There was a practice in those days of shaving coins, If you received some coins from a merchant, or if you were a merchant and someone paid you, you would take the coins, and at nighttime, you would sit in your little dark office, and you would take your little file or your little knife, and you would scrape the coins. You would scrape around them and scrape off some of this soft, precious metal. So that over a period of time, having done this to numerous coins and all kinds, you would have this big pile of free money that you would stamp into a coin of that weight and you would go and have it certified that it is a coin and you would make more money because you're cheating. You're stealing, you're scraping coins. In fact, in Athens, Greece, in just one century, there were over 80 laws made against scraping coins. 80 laws on the books of Athens, that one city that said exactly how you had to treat coins and exactly how they had to be recertified and exactly what, and, and what would happen to someone if they did this or did that or did other things. And some of that came also under the laws of defacing money, which is still a law uh, in, in, in some countries. In fact, you know, uh, uh, some years ago, and I'm, I'm not even positive it's still so, but used to whenever I was, when I lived in England, they would hold up British pounds and they would see if the sterling silver strip was in it because people would pull that strip out of it. And once they pulled the sterling strip out of it, it was no longer any good. Defacing money is against the law in most places, but it stems back from this, scraping coins. This is a term, approved, means that it has been weighed and found to, to be of the proper metal and the proper weight that it is supposed to be. Blessed is the person who persists and who keeps going forward and keeps trusting God when they are tempted to stop trusting him and start trusting in their own you know, abilities or their own wealth or their own imagination or their own considerations or their own social agenda or their own you know, uh, 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 you know, 
cultural ideologies. Blessed is the person who just allows the word of God to be the word of God and trust what God says. Blessed is the man who persists to hold on to the truth when they're tempted to stray from the truth. For when that person is weighed, when that person is checked out, when that person is tried to see if they really are, when that person is approved, they will receive a crown of life. Wow. Here's a promise of the Lord that we will be, if we will hold on to the truth and if we will endure temptations to not trust him, to make our own way instead of going his way, to trust in ourselves is a temptation that every person has to imagine that we know better for some reason. We have a reason. Well, the Word of God says, yeah, but, but, but you don't understand. Or, but I have a special permission. Or, but, yeah, when they are approved, when he is approved, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Wow. You see, it all boils down to the question do we love God more than we love ourselves? More than we love our stuff. More than we love our comfort. More than we love our life. Do we love God? Do we love him? Do we and will we, as Moses asked the children of Israel, will you still show your love? Will you still have this affection because the person that brought you out is going to take you in. You loved him for bringing you out and you served him, but will you serve him once you are safe and secure and have no more needs? Jesus said it this way, how hard it is for people who are doing well in life. How hard it is for them to enter into the kingdom of God. Wow. Wow. I didn't say that. He did. So let me encourage you tonight that I do believe that we are closer to the last days than we ever have been before. And I believe 2019 will be a year of goodness and increase. I believe 2019 will be a year of prosperity. I believe 2019 will be a year of increased resources and opportunities. I believe that we can parlay these things to be a blessing to the kingdom of God as we are intended. We are intended to be blessed so we can be a blessing. Today I read, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this week through the book of uh, uh, Genesis. I'm, 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 I'm uh, working on reading one book of the Bible every week. And uh, I'll, I'll let you know how that's going, okay? And, uh, you know, I've gotten, uh, on, on, on the, on the uh, first day, I got about 25 chapters or so, okay? Uh, and uh, I, I'll, I'll let you know and keep you up. But one of the things I had to go back and study today quite a lot was concerning 
why God blessed Abraham. He blessed Abraham, he said, to be a blessing. God wants to bless us to make us a blessing. This year, I believe you will be blessed. Please don't let that blessing take you away from God. How can we make sure we don't? Well, in the book of Proverbs, message number two, the book of Proverbs chapter three, the Bible says in verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. This is the heart of God for us this year, that we would declare, even at the beginning of the year, that we are going to trust you, God, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. We're not going to lean to our own understanding. We're not going to explain away what the Word of God says. If the Word of God says forgive, we'll forgive. If it says love, we'll love. If it says give, we'll give. What the Word of God says we're going to do. We're not going to let life take us astray. We're not going to lean to our own understanding. But in all our ways, we're going to acknowledge you and we're going to trust that you are directing our steps, that you will guide us along the path of life. We're not going to be wise in our own eyes. We are rather going to serve you and fear you and revere you and reverence you. And we are going to stay on the right path. It's a declaration the first of the year that we need to make. As well as the declaration that this year, in this great opportunity for blessing, that we are going to honor the Lord with our possessions that we're going to bring to him the first fruits of all of our increase. That we're going to make sure that we don't let the blessings take us outside of the will of God. He is going to fill our barns with plenty. And our presses, our vats are going to be filled with wine that we haven't had before. With new wine. He's going to create new streams of increase and blessing. New streams, new, new resource for us. God's going to do that. If you will trust in him with all of your heart. If you will endure temptations. If you will end up being approved. If you will not try to shave the word of God so that you're left with less than what it said. If you'll not try to 
minimize it. But just let the word of God stand in its strength. If you receive it in its strength, you give it in the same strength. Just let it be true. Temptations will come. But we're going to honor the Lord. And we're going to fear him. Amen? For lesson number three. Second Chronicles. Seven and verse 14. This is a promise of God. It's a hope of God. It is a time of dedication. It's a time whenever we are offering ourselves to the Lord. It's a time when God appeared to Solomon. And God is wanting to appear to us as well this year. Second Chronicles 7 and verse 14 simply says this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. This is a promise from God. On the first Wednesday of each month this coming year, we will stand here again and read this scripture. And we will pray accordingly. But I want you to know what God's hope is. God's hope is very, very simple and plain. God is hoping that we will fall into the category of people that is blessed, that he can bless. A people approved by him. A people that, that we're not succumbing to temptations. We're not leaning to our own understanding. We are fearing the Lord. We are acknowledging him in all of our ways. We are not trusting in ourselves, but we're trusting in him. And we are per persevering through every temptation, the world wanting to draw us away. If it can't make us bad, it'll make us busy. Listen, the world wants you, wants to take you out of the game. And the world does not mind enticing you and blessing you. The world does not mind feeding you with, 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 with abundance if they can keep you from serving the Lord. There is a spirit. It is an unholy enemy of the Christian. And this spirit wars against God and wars against the church. We can meet it head on and we can defeat it in every battle and every persecution and every pressure and every problem. We can stand up against it. But what do we do in the days of increase and blessing? Do we bow? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we're not going to bow down and worship the idols of this world. If you threaten to burn us in a fiery furnace, we will not serve idols. Idols. 
But even if you don't, O king, even if you let us go, even if you bless us, even if we're not under persecution, we're still not going to bow down and serve idols. We must be that way this year. If my people will just humble themselves. Humility, again, ties into this trust. Humility is the recognition that we need him. We need him. If we would just pray and seek his face, not just his blessing, but his pleasure. And he takes pleasure when we trust him, when we have faith, when we have temptations to not trust him, but to trust our own desires, our own designs. In all our ways, acknowledge him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. They will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, from their coin-shaving ways. They will be approved. I will hear them. I will forgive them. And I will heal those things in their life that secure and strengthen their life. Blessed is the man. You will be blessed. So shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses shall overflow with new wine. When you honor the Lord, fear him, trust him. This is what we will do. As for me and the church I pastor, we will serve the Lord. Amen.